In the holy name of Jesus. By week four of Advent, there's no getting around it. Jesus is an interruption. Mary wasn't much. She was young and she was poor. And she was a peasant girl in a little backwater of Galilee named Nazareth, which was in a little backwater of the Roman Empire named Israel. Mary wasn't much. A young, poor peasant girl, and now it seems she is even less unmarried and pregnant. In first century Israel, there could hardly be a bigger shame or bigger danger. So there is no getting around it. For Mary, Jesus is an interruption. Joseph must have felt interrupted too. He was righteous, so he could not marry a woman pregnant by another man. But he was kind, so he would not expose Mary to public shame and disgrace. But still he must have felt betrayed, especially if it was, as tradition says, that he was older and unmarried and had been waiting for her a lifetime. He must have been bewildered and disappointed, and he must have even felt some despair. For Joseph, Jesus is an interruption. And then there is the angel. It is hard to get more interrupted than seeing an angel in your sleep. All of this was always on Joseph's mind as he was awake and as he tried to rest. And now the angel startles Joseph with the news that is beyond the backwater and beyond the body and beyond the brain, beyond rationality and even beyond history. This angel interrupts creation with a stab at recreation. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That is the same Holy Spirit who hovered over the waters in Genesis chapter 1 as the Heavenly Father willed to create, and Jesus Christ himself enfleshed creation with trees and birds and beasts of the field, and with man, male and female, he created them. And now that same son who enfleshed all of creation is himself enfleshed. And he is the ultimate interruption. Interrupted, the lives of Mary and Joseph now take a very different course. Together they are poor, homeless, migrants, and political enemies of the state. She is the pregnant mother of a competing king, and he is the adoptive father of the Son of God, and both of them, like their son to come, are suffering servants. Her heart will be pierced, but so will his, his ever-righteous, ever-kind heart.
And in the midst of all of this interruption, there is a word to live by. Do not fear. If you have been with us these last four weeks of Advent, you too have been interrupted. In week one, Jesus took a shot at your head, trying to save you from being a know-it-all, from being yourself, from going your own way, from thinking about you when you should be thinking about him. It turns out that Mark Twain was right. Be yourself is the worst advice you can give a person. In week two, Jesus took a shot at your heart. Just when we thought life was all about us, particularly about our comfort and our pleasure and our advancement, along comes John the Baptizer in a leather belt and camel's hair, looking for all the world like Elijah and preaching to all of you, repent. You are a brood of vipers. Repent. Repent, baptism, forgiveness, and fresh fruit. If you are a tax collector, don't cheat. If you are a soldier, don't bully. And on very cold days like this, if you have two coats, give one of them to the poor. Then last week, in the third week of Advent, we learned that even for the best and the brightest, even for the most faithful in head and heart, if you follow Jesus, you will get dinged up. John the baptizer did exactly what he was supposed to do, and he said exactly what he was supposed to say. So they put him in prison, and they cut off his head, and they put it on a platter, and they gave it to King Herod for a birthday present. That's an interruption. But you would make a mistake if you went home today thinking that Jesus' way is somehow the wrong way or that Jesus' way is somehow the bad way. The way of Jesus, as you have learned this Advent, is the way of the blue. It is the color of sapphires, valuable stuff. And also the color of sky and sea, and particularly the color of where they meet on the horizon and then what is beyond the horizon. Advent is the color of of what God has up his sleeve, what is beyond our imagination, what is coming next toward us, the next good thing on the way to meet us. And that is why, since the fourth century, blue has been the color of Mary. St. Athanasius, the great doctor of the church, gets the credit. It was he who first dressed this young, poor, pregnant peasant girl in the color of an empress, rich and powerful, but more the color of hopeful hearts. There has never been a woman more rich or more honored by God, and there has never been a more hopeful thing come over the horizon than Jesus Christ in flesh and blood. Quite frankly, this morning, you and I can use this sort of interruption. Some of you this morning are clearly frazzled. And some of you are hiding the frazzling very well. Some of you think you're fine, which may or may not be true. And some of you today don't know what to think. 
But the truth is, you cannot make it on your own. You've got sins and no way to wash yourself. You've got chains and no way to free yourself. You've got a very deep hunger for things you do not understand. And you have no way to nourish yourself. You've got limits. And so you have no way to save yourself. Thus, in the next 48 hours, the interruption will come again in flesh and blood. And he will make another pitch for your head and a play for your heart. And he will beg to have you and deign to use you as he draws your human life into his divine life and tries to get you to bear new fruit that fits the repentance which he has given you, which fits your forgiveness, just as he did for the baptizer and the tax collectors and the soldiers and Mary and Joseph. Mary had a real choice. She could have said no to the angel Gabriel, and if she had, he would have moved on. But think what she would have missed as the mother of God. Joseph had a real choice. He could have put her away quietly and licked his wounds and even played the martyr. But think of how stale and flat his life would have been without the spice of incarnational mystery. And all of you here this morning, baptized and bodied and blooded, you have a real choice to rejoice again this Christmas in what God gives, in what is unexpected and unimagined and beyond your grasp. And then always more, you have the real choice to rejoice in the next good thing that is coming over that blue horizon, or you may, you may give it up with a sigh and let it slip away with a groan. But if being a Christian makes you groan, you've got it all wrong. For Mary, it wasn't an imposition. It was a gift and blessing. Theotokos, Mother of God, Blessed Virgin, pure and mild, first and greatest disciple and Queen of Heaven. For Joseph, it wasn't a threat or abuse. He was the carpenter who got to teach the Son of God how to drive a nail straight. And for all of you, the essence of Advent into Christmas is incarnation and then more. It is discipleship. It is following that flesh and blood around Galilee to Jerusalem to the cross and through the resurrection into a new life, into gift and blessing, into hope and promise, into whatever lies beyond the horizon into being had and being used just the way it was for Noah and the baptizer, for Mary and for Joseph, and for all the other folks we have met this Advent. There is nothing better, and there is nothing more,
than the Incarnation. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.